Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a timely episode on something that I've been seeing more and more in the legal marketing space. And I think this is a trend that's going to become super obvious in a few years, but it is completely taking the legal world by storm. And that trend is over-investing in marketing automation. So I want to compare this to something that seems pretty obvious now, but is in kind of a similar place from five or 10 years ago. And I'm sure all you guys know someone, or maybe you were that person who during the first wave of uh, the web becoming popular ended up spending you know, some inordinate amount of money on a website, 15, 20, 25 grand, only to discover that having the website on its own didn't really do anything for you. And sometimes this was actually something that people would do in order to upsell stuff like traffic or SEO services or something like that. But at the end, um, the metaphor that I used to use back when we were a little bit more focused on Google AdWords was a billboard at the bottom of the ocean. You can have the most expensive website. If no one ended up getting to it, then it really didn't matter. So essentially over-investing on something that was not useful on its own. And today, what I see being in that place is marketing automation. I have to say, it's something that's absolutely fantastic tool when it's in the right place. It's super sexy though. I think it's very, very, very oversold right now. And a lot of people are going to be losing money on it, especially due to the nature of how these things are usually built out and charged, which I'll get into in a little bit. And I also want to say that I'm not kind of hating from a place of ignorance here. We've also invested in automation for our clients. It's something we used to roll in with every deployment that we have. And we have changed our mind after 100 plus deployments at this point. So I will let you know what we actually recommend at the end of this episode. But yeah, at the end of the day, that this is something that's coming from a very informed place. So I want to start off with what automation does work for. And again, there's no such thing as a bad marketing approach, right? There's just the right tool for the right job. So who automation does work for are people that have very, very large audiences, large investments in traffic. And the reason why is because automation works on marginal gains. You're never going to 10x on your, your marketing automation, basically. You might 10x on your investment, but that's only when the percentage of the total is pretty much small. So right, I'll give you kind of an example. If we're, we're, we're using just super, super basic, something that's um, marketing automation I think works fantastically for is running e-commerce. And I have a lot of friends who run big e-commerce brands. So this is something, and as a matter of fact, we used to consult on this back in the day. But there's platforms like um, Clavio is a very popular one. And there's a lot of really, really easy things that are built in. You can do things like abandoned cart sequences, having somebody uh, warmed up with uh, what's called a soap opera sequence when somebody signs up to your mailing list, a lot of little things. And again, if you're maybe getting a 5% conversion rate on your website and you can get another 2 or 3% out of that, then if you're making enough money on the front end, that tiny percentage can represent tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it absolutely makes sense to be paying two or three grand for software like that. And, you know, even for the larger brands to have somebody who manages that full time, right? But again, no one has 10x their business on automation. I think a lot of this stuff works really well for the people who are selling automation, who by and large happen to be people who do software and coaching and that kind of stuff. But for law firms, I think it's really, really not the right tool for the job. 
So basically, you know, when I see people that have a hundred names in their mailing list and their Facebook ads budget is 500 bucks, they're getting pitched, you know, marketing automation packages that cost two or three grand a month. And I'm not joking here. This is probably the most common billing model that I've seen. There's some very large coaching programs that are pitching this. I think it's like, you know, if you had somebody rented one of those giant caterpillar machines and all they really needed to do is, you know, dig a uh, like a hole for a tomato plant in their garden, right? The technology is impressive, right? It's it's automatic. All you have to do is sit in the chair and press the lever if you want to dig that hole. But for most people at that stage, you're probably better off picking up like a little uh, spade at, at Home Depot for four bucks and just doing the damn thing yourself, right? So let me get into why I think this is particularly dangerous for small law firms. The first thing is that if you have two or three grand to spend, spending it on something like this is going to prevent you from spending money on stuff that's going to multiply, right? Stuff like traffic, stuff like SEO, stuff like traditional media or networking or sponsoring events or getting yourself out there, right? Even if you have a pretty modest ROI, let's say you're getting, you know, three to one, you're going to crush the returns of getting a 10% or 20% gain, right? Just think about this, right? You need to focus on going zero to one, not one to 1.1%. And the thing that really sucks is that just this ends up being an opportunity cost, right? And sometimes people will try to do the same thing, right? And this is this is something that I find really funny. It's, it's people it's like, oh, well, you know, I invested in this giant thing. So I don't really have that much money to spend on traffic. So it's just like, I don't know, if you needed to get groceries and you bought a Ferrari and you didn't have money to put gas into it, right? That's kind of the situation that we find ourselves in, right? And sometimes not having the budget to do that is going to actually prevent them from getting the results that they were probably sold to from this, right? I'm mixing so many metaphors up right now. But another thing I used to say about kind of tools in general, right? It's like they sell you the house, but you're really only getting the tools, right? Now, the thing that kind of makes this worse, I'm gonna have to dust off my psychology degree for this, is there's two really common psychological principles that are going to prevent people from actually thinking about this stuff clearly after they've made the investment. So the first thing is the sunk cost fallacy. And that kind of plays into cognitive dissonance as kind of a whole. But the whole thing is that when people make a decision, they're going to fit the thinking that goes after that decision to justify that they made the right decision in the first place. So if they're listening to a podcast like this, there's two outcomes that they could, somebody that might've invested in this could come to one, I'm dumb. I got bamboozled or, you know, I forgive myself. I got bamboozled, probably a little bit more healthy or, you know, this guy's full of crap. What's he trying to sell? What's the deal? Right. And it's more likely that somebody's going to take that second interpretation because the first interpretation forces you to consider yourself as having not made a good decision. No one wants to do that because it feels really, really, really bad. So I see the kind of mental gymnastics that are coming from people who have sunk, again, two, $3,000 for you know six months, 12 months, 18 months sometimes. The amount of justification that goes in somebody's mind like that is, is, is honestly super unreal. And it's kind of funny because a lot the, the circumstances that we're normally seeing this in are people who are coming to us for traffic services, for marketing services, for, you know, getting, you know, this is typically going to be for our estate and elder planning firms, but doing the kind of thing that can get you to zero one and, you know, well, Hey, look, I can't really abandon this. I've put so much money into it. Okay, cool. How much has it brought you? The answer is zero. And it's, you know, you just see people short out in those moments because they can't, comprehend all the money that's been invested right now. So unfortunately, these guys are happy. You know, they tied an albatross around their neck and they're, you know, they're trying to move forward and they can't really do it. So that's kind of the problem. It's very, very dangerous because when you get in these situations, it's, it's, it takes a lot of mental fortitude to realize that you made a mistake sometimes. And then the last thing is that there's really no stopping point to this. So I can understand why these businesses that are selling these things are doing so well is because there's no point at which you can stop, right? 
we're running a traffic campaign for three months. If you don't have results by the end of those three months, something clearly went up, right? If what's being sold is, yeah, think about how easy your practice is going to be. Think how efficient it is. Think how much power you have to this sort of thing. There's really no point at which you can determine that's not going to be true. And that's what we see all the time when we have people thinking they keep talking about the potential, but it's never been realized, right? And the second thing is when you talk about these really, really long sequences, that kind of thing, there's always the, hey, just give it another month. These things take a while. And every single month that you're paying two or three grand, you're digging yourself deeper in the hole because you realize how, you know, maybe much of a mistake that you made and it's just harder and harder and harder to do that. And I will uh, (laughs) try to end this on a positive note. The truth is that these things actually do provide you with a fantastic work balance. The problem is it's because you're not going to be getting any customers. So that's that's sort of the, the part that they don't tell you about that page, uh, sales pitch. So anyways, again, I do want to end this on a positive note. So I want to talk about what we've learned, right? So over the last, I'd say probably 18 months, um, we've actually been developing a lot of automation stuff. And this was something that we were absolutely gung-ho on. We developed a ton of stuff around SMS, voicemail, email automation, calendaring, appointment reminders, blah, blah, blah. And then basically... The conclusion that we've come to, right, and we've, we've done this with hundreds of firms at this point, there's a definite 80-20 to this. I think calendaring is fantastic. I think appointment reminders are fantastic. I think a basic newsletter, and again, not something that you need to spend three grand a month on, but you know, getting something over MailChimp, which can be free for the small enough mailing list, that's the nuts and bolts of getting these things, and it's going to get you most of the way there, right? But even if you had the situation where you had the best AI on the planet and you know all these crazy dialogue flow, this is a lot of stuff that's going out there in the market right now. All of these things, everything that we've been able to do has been outperformed by getting a average front desk person with a good script. So not surprisingly, what we recommend now is getting a good front desk person and giving them the scripts, right? The front desk person is a lot cheaper too. Again, if you want to reach out to former guests on the, on the podcast, Met.ai, they're fantastic with that. There's another you know, lot of options that we have, right? And I'll also say this too, one of the things that we've done is getting some stuff in place for scripting for our clients. Um, I think we actually have a lot of this stuff for free right now. So I think we have a course called Double Your Case Files, which I'll make sure gets in its way into the, uh, the show notes. But at the end of the day, I want you guys to take these, these things with a grain of salt, right? And again, one last thing I'll say, uh, practice automation, completely different, right? Um, as far as actually getting the documents in place and going through that stuff, extremely valuable, not something I can potentially comment on because I'm a marketer, I'm not a lawyer, but um, the marketing automation stuff is the biggest, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say scam, but, um, I think, uh, it's, it's the biggest missed opportunity that people are going to realize, um, in not too long. So I don't want you to be, uh, the person who ended up losing your shirt on this and being the guy who dropped $50,000 on a website in 2011 and ended up not getting anywhere from it. So the time is going to be coming on this stuff at the end of the day too. And I, I don't want you guys to be on the bad end of that. So on that note, this is Jan Roos, and I will see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode. 